In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio, live on Toginet.com. Co-hosted by Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Back, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women around the world. We'll cover everything military, from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder, to navigating government programs dealing with family issues, to the struggles of deployment, along with being a working mother, both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio, and here are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Hi, this is Sandra Beck on Military Mom Talk Radio. And I'm here today to encourage everybody to get on the Internet and um, go to Pepsi Refresh, Refresh Everything, which is the Pepsi Challenge that is offering $250,000 to different organizations that apply for funding. One of them that's near and dear to our hearts over here at Military Mom Talk Radio is Freedom Dogs. And um, we had Beth from Freedom Dogs on last week, and she was a fantastic guest. She brought one of the trainers, Patty. We also had Richard on, who is the recipient of one of the Freedom Dogs, and I think the Freedom Dog, uh, his name was America. But Richard is Tina's husband, and um, he received a Freedom Dog, and they've been training together and working with a trainer. Tina, do I hear you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Okay, where are you right now? <laughs> Oh, I'm driving through Camp Pendleton. You are driving through Camp Pendleton. Well, we're trying to get everybody right now to go out and vote for Freedom Dogs and go to Pepsi Refresh. Yes, we need and, as um, many votes as we can get. We do. We have four days left, four or five days left in the voting. And um, we want to encourage anybody listening to go to Pepsi Refresh. You have to sign up. It takes only a minute. And um, you can vote once a day, and the total number of votes count towards the monetary award for these different programs. Yes, and I, to me, the way I look at it is I know that everybody goes on Facebook and logs in with their user ID and their password to get on Facebook, and that's exactly as much time as it takes to log on and place a vote. It does. It just doesn't take much long to vote. It takes a few seconds. And I signed up, I think, two months ago, and I have not, my email not has not been, you know, sold or resent. I haven't received anything on my email. So as far as I'm concerned, it's a pretty safe place to go to vote. Um, these Freedom Service Dogs are amazing. I mean, they can they can turn on the laundry machine. They can pick up things. They can be... Uh, such a great companion uh, for the service members. And, Tina, it actually affects the whole family. Oh, it does. I, I mean, it makes it – you fall in love with these dogs. I mean, my kids absolutely love them. They not only become, you know, the pet of the family, but they really become one of your family members. 
Well, and these dogs are trained along with the service member. Yes. Like, my husband works right along with the service dog, and, I mean, like, right now, I believe that they're at an appointment together, him and Charlie, and it helps him get through his appointments and gives him the companionship, like you said, that he needs sometimes to get through all the appointments and the social, all the social things that he needs to get through every day. Well, and it's interesting, Tina, you know, because as battlefield survival rates and life-saving techniques continue to improve, you know, the number of wounded U.S. service members returning home that are unable to walk or manage some of the simplest uh, physical activities is expected to quadruple over the next um, five years. And that's just for people who have physical limitations. But as we talked about last week, you know, with PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, um, which is a psychological component of warfare, we found that, you know, these dogs become, you know, they almost become like battle buddies. Like, you know how in, in um, service every every soldier, every Marine has a battle buddy. Well, these, these are like recovery buddies, and they're there to offset depression. They're there to offset anxiety. Um, the service dogs, you know, according to some of the, the um, deserving veterans that have received the serving dogs, um, that one of the guys that I was reading about, he said, you know, he can't move his legs after coming back from battle, and his dog Summer is um, is his legs. And for a couple of the other service members we talked to that are suffering from depression and PTSD, um, they found that their lives have drastically improved because of a service dog. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, these guys become, I mean, totally different people after taking um, a service dog into their lives and into their families. And, I mean, it just opens up like a new, I believe it just opens up like a new, a whole new person. They're a whole new person. And they know they're working. To see, I mean, it's like kind of like, you know, you're at work and you have that work mode and then you come home and you have your, your playful mode. It's, it's almost exactly like that with the dog. Charlie puts on his vest and he's right there in work mode. He's there to work and to that, you know, he looks to Richard as the boss. Okay, I'm here at work. I need to, you know, do my duties. And then he's the playful pup when you take his vest off and he knows it's time to relax and play because he's not at work. It is, it's just amazing. It's amazing how intelligent these animals can be. Well, in that day, you know, and I think most people, you know, most people listening today, I'm sure, have at one time or another seen like a service dog for the blind. You know, I think we're we're yeah. very accustomed to seeing that, and and we get it. We go, oh, okay, this person can't see. They need to cross the street. They need to navigate around the you know neighborhood or walk down the street. You know, we get that, but we really don't think. I mean, at least for me, it was an amazing thing to see these dogs for deserving veterans. Um, who have different specific conditions that these dogs can help. Yeah, it is. Because, like you were saying, you, when I, beforehand, I would think of a service dog, you know, being a companion for the blind to help, you know, to be their eyes and things. And now it's, it's so, it's so, um, it's not like a shocker to me to see someone that can see with a service dog. Hey, he could be there for seizures. He could be there for, you know, epilepsy. I mean, that dog could be there as a companion for these people for all different types of medical reasons. And you think about it as, oh, my gosh, really a dog to be able to um, 
be able to tell when a seizure is coming on or, you know, uh, you know, all those different medical issues, it's amazing to me because you wouldn't think that a dog could hold such knowledge and such awareness. So it is, it does, it opens up your eyes to a lot of new things when it comes to a service dog. It is, it is. And, and what I love the most is that, you know, you're the living, breathing testimonial for how this can change your family. Can you share with us a little bit about the differences from, you know, before getting Charlie to after getting Charlie? Like, what have you noticed? Well, honestly, um, it, especially him going to his medical appointments, I mean, my husband would have such anxiety about having, knowing that he has, you know, this medical appointment coming up and that it has, you know, it's going to, he's already getting anxiety, you know, the night before. And it's, and those times that I can't be there to, you know, to be in the room, to give him that sense of you're not alone kind of, kind of feeling. As Charlie came into the picture, I mean, Richard turned into such a different person going into the program, um, you know, learning the commands and working, you know, side by side with Patty and Beth. I mean, he has just turned into such a more compassionate, um, open person. He he has the willingness to be like, you know, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow. I'm going to be okay. Charlie's coming. And then I have no concern. I'm not sitting there for the next four hours through this, you know, while he's at this doctor's appointment. Hey, Tina, I hate to cut you off. We're going to go to commercial break. We'll pick you up right after the break, and we'll continue a little bit on service dogs, and then we'll bring on our guests. Sounds good. Sounds good. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? That's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Tina Gonzalez. And we'll be right back after these. Girlfriended is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriended Principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story? Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. 
It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now, let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with my co-host, Tina Gonzalez. Tina, you out in the car? All good to go? No, we're back at home. I'm locked in the room. We're good. There we go. We're locked in the box. We're good to go. <laughs> so I'm sorry I had to cut you off um, to go to commercial break. And before we pick up with your story there quickly, I'd like everybody to go to Pepsi Refresh, RefreshEverything.com, look up Freedom Dogs, cast your vote. It's free. You just have to sign in and um, vote. We were in the 50s last week. Uh, we're hoping that we will qualify for some money. We're going to keep trying, even if we didn't. And any of you that would like to check out Freedom Dogs, simply go to Military Mom Talk Radio, and all the information is right there on how you can help. Um, so, Tina, let's finish up here. You were talking about how, how your life changed with the Freedom Dog. Yes, and like I was saying before we went to break, um, it is just amazing the things that I don't have to worry about because I know that it's kind of like Charlie's taking my place. She's, he's being there when I can't be there. And he, and as long as he brings my husband a sense of, of relief and calming, that is as more than I could ask for. More than I could ask for. It's, it's amazing the kind of person that he has become since getting involved with the program. And I totally recommend it to anyone. Any veteran that comes back and has any medical issue of any type, I so would recommend getting involved with the program. That is, that's the best endorsement we could ask for. Uh, Freedom Dogs, check it out. Uh, go ahead on Pepsi Refresh, refresh everything, and uh, vote so that we can get uh, our service members as many service dogs as we possibly can. So now, Tina, we have a great guest today, and um, she's young, she's fantastic, she's um, enthusiastic. She is 21-year-old Lauren Flame, and she has done something quite amazing by the age of 21. She has opened her own salon, Salon Amore, in uh, Suffolk, Virginia, and she has been an inspiration to teen moms everywhere. And, Tina, you and I, we like teen moms, don't we? Oh, we do. <laughs> we I do. was a teen mom myself. <laughs> you are a teen mom yourself. And from, from you had your, was it son or daughter? I'm sorry, I don't remember. Oh, my oldest I, daughter. I had her when I was 17. So, teen mom, and now you're not only on a radio show, but you have your MBA? Yes. So a lot of those things that we learned growing up that, uh uh-oh, if you have a baby in your teens, your life is over, I would say that probably didn't apply to either of you. Um, No. (laughs) No, no. All right, Lauren, we have you on the line? Yep, I'm here. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. Thanks for having me on, you guys. We are so happy to have you here. We wish you lived closer so you could, like, fix our hair. Yeah, you could. 
You could so be my my hairdresser. So could be my hairdresser. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we need some work. There's a reason we're on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) So Tina, let me ask you uh, first because I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys some questions together. Um, Tina, what was it like for you to be a teen mom? Like, what do you remember most about that experience? It was so hard, so hard. And I don't think I would have ever been able to get through it if I didn't have my family because they were the biggest helpers ever. Because I was still in school. I I mean, my daughter was born the day before I started my senior year. So here I am just getting out of the hospital, walking into registration with my brand-new daughter, thinking, how am I going to get through my senior year of high school? With all those looks like, oh, my gosh, you of all people. I was the good kid. I never did anything wrong. (laughs) To come back and be like, I can't believe that you have a baby now. It was so hard. It was like... Dedication. It was if you weren't, if I wasn't in school, I was working, and if I wasn't working, I was up in the middle of the night feeding the baby. I mean, it was so incredibly hard, so hard. Now, Lauren, how about you? Oh yeah, definitely. I'm on the same line with her. If I didn't have the the help and the support of my parents, then I just don't know know what I would have done because I was I was 15, of course, and then I was working a part time job waitressing so that I could pay for the babysitter to watch her during the day because my parents both worked during the day and they would watch her at night while I worked my 5-15-hour job, made just enough to pay for that babysitter so I could continue to stay in school. And I mean, yes, definitely a lot of people are very, very judgmental. So I know what, what she meant by that when you walk in there and everybody's looking at you, especially when I was pregnant, kind of farther along, everybody can just very, very, very judgmental, and they didn't really know what to think about it, too, because it wasn't, it wasn't very publicized then. I guess now we've got the shows like 16 and Pregnant and, yeah. and all that, and, and, and it's kind of a little more, I guess, out there now, but then it, it definitely was not. It was very, very odd. So, Yeah, but you guys did it. You got through it, and you're, I mean, I mean, Lauren, you're only 21. You're opening your own salon. Tina, you're, how old are you, Tina? I just turned 29. Yep, and you're on the radio. I mean, these are some pretty solid success stories for, you know, what somebody can do despite, you know, outstanding circumstances. And, you know, not to play the old pro-women, but this is military mom. So, but it's the responsibility <laughs> that falls on the mom. Definitely. It, it, I mean, it definitely is. I mean, you're the one. I, I don't mean to be stereotypical, but the dad... I mean, he doesn't really have to be there. I mean, he kind of did his deed. You're the one that carries for nine months, and it's like if you wanted to leave and be out of the picture, it's a little harder for you just to up and leave than it would be for the or the boyfriend or whomever it could possibly be. I mean, it's a little bit easier for them just to say, hey, I'm out of here, I can't do this, to where Absolutely. being the mom, you can't just say, hey, oh, yep, I had a baby, now I'm leaving. I mean, it, that doesn't happen. Yeah, either that or a lot of girls, they, um, they end up throwing that responsibility on their parents. I know a lot of yeah. girls that ended up just, the grandparents end up raping the kids, and, and that, that was the thing that I just, I absolutely was against. I mean, I wanted, I love my daughter with all my heart, and I can never see anybody else raising her, but that's the other thing. It's either the grandparents or, you know, the mom just, the mom has to do it. That's, that's, 
that's her thing. She carried the kids for nine months. She has to be able to be the one to take care of that child. So I definitely agree with that. Well, absolutely. And I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm older than you guys and, and, you know, I'm a single parent and, um, you know, everybody here who helps on my radio shows and helps in my household can see that, you know, 90% of the responsibility for everything falls on the shoulders of the mom. You know, it's like even just from a natural standpoint, it's like when they fall down, you know, kids don't fall down and get hurt and cry for dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's just part of its nature, part of its culture, part of its, um, you know, part of its, it's just the way we're made. But um, so, Lauren, tell me a little bit about, like, what, what encouraged you to open a salon? Well, it's something that I've always wanted to do. And, I mean, ever since I was a little girl playing with Barbies, I've always wanted to do hair and eventually have my own place. And I figured if I could be a mom, it, you know, I had my daughter when I was in, let's see, I was in 10th grade. And if I could finish school working a job and everything else, I figured that I could definitely conquer owning my own salon at the age that I'm at. I just, it, it definitely, I, you can dream it, you can do it. I know it sounds like a very corny saying, but that is definitely my thing. I just feel like anything, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish. So that was my main, my main goal. Well, and I'm going to throw some interesting stats out here. Um, you opened your business uh, December 11th of 2009, correct? Mm-hmm. And you had approximately 300 clients that have grown into over 800 individual clients. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. And that's, <laughs> that, that's pretty darn good. My stylists that have their, their clients, too. So my, my clientele probably tripled, yeah, since I opened up. And I, people were sending me people, you know, word of mouth is the best advertisement ever. But uh, I think that they were more likely to come see me after they were like, oh, well, she owns her own salon. She must be good. So <laughs> I think that had a lot to do with it, too. But I think people were definitely just impressed in general as to what I had done. So... Well, but you know what? As, no matter how impressive you are as a person, if if you go to a salon, I mean, I could have the Pope do my fingernails. If they don't look good, I'm not going back to the Pope. I mean, you clearly do a very good job at what you're doing, and you you run a good business because, you know, success stories are success stories, and you're clearly, clearly, absolutely a huge success story. But at the end of the day, if your product or service doesn't satisfy the customer, they're not coming back no matter how great you are. Oh, that's that's definitely the truth for women, especially when it comes to their hair. But if they, um, that's the one thing I've always been been cocky about is I definitely am very good at what I do. I've always had an eye for it. I mean, like I said, I mean, my Barbie's hair might not have looked that great, but <laughs> as I got older, I would do I would do you know the hair for girls at the volleyball in middle in middle school, do updos for my friends. So it's been like something I've always been doing my whole life and. It's just been such a passion of mine. I've just, I've just always loved, loved doing hair. So, you're, you're definitely right. That's why the word spreads for sure. When people are happy, they will tell everybody. So, 
Well, that's great. We've got about a minute to break. So uh, Tina Gonzalez is my lovely co-host. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm here with 21-year-old superstar Lauren Flame, who went from, we're going to say you went from Barbie dolls to beauty queens because (laughs) with 800 individual clients at the age of 21 in your own salon in Virginia, I mean, you are just an amazing success story. And we're going to come back after the break and we're going to talk about, among other things, you know, some of the things that go on in the media. MTV has a show, 16 and Pregnant. I think they should have you on. And, Tina, you were 17 and Pregnant, and look at where you are. So we're going to break some stereotypes today. We're going to change some perceptions about what our teen moms are able to accomplish. My name is Sandra Beck, and this is Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system, keeping the home fires burning? That's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Tina Gonzalez. And we'll be right back after these. Here comes Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today. With Sandra Beck and Christy Holly, Tuesday evenings at 6, 5 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Togginet.com. Motherhood Talk Radio provides a powerful platform for women today by giving interesting, inspiring, and inspirational information to mothers around the globe as they navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio will have best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, women of interest, who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is co-hosted by corporate executive Sandra Beck and stay-at-home mom Christy Holly. For more information on each and the show, go to MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Mom, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Tuesday afternoons at 6, 5 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Tuggynet.com. Hey, you living the dream like Nina and Cindy? Sweet dreams Were you shocked by the Chuck E. Cheese calamities, diaper dilemmas, and major mom minivan mishaps? Then get ready to share it with Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer, Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. And as Nina and Cindy say, if you're thinking it, we're saying it. It's your chance to discuss, share, and learn from two moms who have been there, done that, and got the t-shirts. Check out their website, ltdchix.com. Living the Dream Moms is all about all things moms have to deal with daily. Nina and Cindy are two ordinary frazzled moms who admit when they need help and do their best to research and discuss topics that are not always talked about. Living the Dream Moms are just two real women who are discussing the trials and tribulations and triumphs of everyday mom lives. You are not alone. It's Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer. Thursday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Put a boot in your ass, it's Sam. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com, covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. 
It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now, let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Back. Courtesy Hey, Military Moms. My name is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with my co-host, Tina Gonzalez, and we have an outstanding guest today. Her name is Lauren Flame, and she is a former teen mom, and she's the current business owner of the newly opened Salon Amore in Suffolk, Virginia. And what's most outstanding about this amazing young woman is she is the ripe old age of 21. I don't know, 21, I think I was still bouncing soccer balls off my head. Actually, I was I was <laughs> getting uh, my MBA or getting my master's degree at that point, but I did not have to do it with a six-year-old. And, Lauren, you have a six-year-old daughter. Yes, I do, Miss Haley. She is the best thing that ever happened to me. She is and does she just sweetheart. have the best hair? Yes, she does. She has long hair. She wants me to cut it, but I don't think I'm quite ready for that yet. (laughs) (laughs) So, and Tina, you also were a single teenage mom at 17. I was. I was. So you It was difficult, but look at, we, me and Lori both, we both show that you can make it through and be successful. You can. Tina, you're married. And you have a daycare that you run. You also recently got your MBA, and you have a total of four children. Yep. Five if we count Richard, but we won't do that today. We have yeah, to don't forget America. On Richard at least once in an episode. Oh, yeah. Where is Richard at right now? Where is Richard? We really need to pick on him. Get him off the golf course. Oh, so, but what's interesting, you know, Lauren, you, you brought up a good point, and Tina, you echoed it. You know, even the difference from six years to today, or in Tina, your case, it's, um, it's uh, what, 10 or 11 years uh, mm-hmm. since you yeah. guys were pregnant in high school with a child or caring for a newborn in high school. Um, it's, things have changed. Times have changed. Perceptions have changed, especially, I think, because of the media. And, you know, there's a great debate whether the media reflects our culture or it drives our culture. But there's an MTV show called 16 and Pregnant. And have either of you guys seen that? Yes. Yeah, I've watched it about probably once. <laughs> and what do you guys think about it? I don't know. I, was, I thought that it kind of made us look like trailer trash, honestly. I mean, I, not all. It could have been the episode that I saw, but it reflects, uh, reflects, I guess, teen moms in a bad light, which I guess that's what they, maybe they're trying to do to, to make girls second guess what they're doing. But it also, I felt like, makes the ones that, that was working to make things work for their child, you know, I, I really, I really kind of felt embarrassed by it, honestly. I have to, I have to agree. I have to totally agree. My daughter was the one that pointed it out, and she's she'll be twelve at the end of August. And to me, she's very she's a very mature twelve. And so when she pointed it out, I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" So I sat down and I watched an episode or two, and I'm like, "Are you kidding?" Because honestly, I thought it made us look so horrible. Like, I mean, some of these girls that they have on there. Like, they have nothing, and all they care about doing is going out and partying after that. They have their babies and leaving them with their parents. And I'm like, are you serious? Because I don't remember not one party I went to probably for the first mm, 10 years of my daughter's life (laughs) before I went to a party. 
Because I, if I got home from work and school and I had one ounce of energy left, it was probably to do laundry. So I yep. thought that it's really I, – I, I don't. I totally disagree with the show. I don't – I think that they're, you know, trying to discourage it or maybe trying to make it look like, oh, yeah, these girls actually can get somewhere in life. But to put on how they leave their kids with their parents and, you know, think about going and buying all these cute clothes instead of buying formula and diapers, I mean, it's totally a misconception for us teen moms that really actually try and give it our all. I mean, they're the kind of, those are the kind of girls that give us teen moms a bad name, honestly. Well, and I think, you know, we want to say out to, you know, anybody listening today and, and who picks up that MTV's, you know, 16 and Pregnant, is it is a TV show, even though it purports to be reality television. You know, I worked for Disney, I worked for CBS, and I can tell you that, you know, with all due respect to the two of you, other than for inspiration, you guys don't make for good TV. You know, no. nobody wants to sit around with a bowl of popcorn and, you know, watch, ooh, look, Tina's studying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, hey, you know, let's go over and see Lauren. She's over, you know, she's over, you know, working hard to pay for diapers. I mean, that's just not, that's just not fun TV. No. Nope. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the end of the day, MTV's job is to sell advertising space to people, and people are going to turn in for you know. It's like I used to call it freak night. You know, you go on some of these networks, and you know, there's the 700 pound man, there's the you know, the yeah. you know, kid with like two heads growing out of his neck. <laughs> it's it's television. It's meant to get that shock value and to get advertisers to to advertise their products to viewers. It's not at all you know, the reality of what it is to be a teen mother. Yeah. Well, I kind of think that, that I mean, I, I know that they're trying to, to sell and sell, and I, I get that, but I also think that they should show the success stories along with it, you know, just so that way, you know, you get your entertainment value out of it, but it also kind of shows that that, you know, if that does happen to you, because obviously it happens to a lot of people. It's just not very publicized. Well, maybe now it is, but they should show that it is possible to make something of yourself because some of those girls that are watching it that are pregnant are probably sitting there crying over their bowl of popcorn or their bowl of ice cream going, oh, my God, (laughs) is this going to be me, you know? So... It's true. It's true, and you know, and we can we can talk all day. I, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about the social responsibility of the media, because I'm a you know I, I left the advertising field because of social responsibility. I left being a reporter again for social responsibility because you know different news venues only sell because of sensationalism, and that's why we're really thankful to a company like Toginet, who's our sponsor today, and Motherhood. Or uh, what is it? Motherhood Incorporated, the company that stands behind this show and makes it possible uh, for bringing stories like these to light that aren't sensational, that aren't um, you know just trying to show the 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 most terrible things to gain viewers. We're actually here to inspire um, young women like yourselves to go on to greatness, but also to change public perception. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, because. Advertising can, even though, to me, advertising can, they have their mindset of what things are going to do, but it's honestly what the audience makes out of it. 
because we could watch the same commercial and you could get one view of what they're trying to sell and in what kind of light and I could get a totally different one. And that's sure. why I think that I think that they go wrong there. I I think that they need to sit and have a little bit more people sit down and actually watch this show and give their input about it before they start putting out new episodes. Because honestly, I mean, I don't think, it's not just me. I've had so many friends of mine that, you know, had their kids at like 20 or 19 even. I mean, some people look at, you know, 18 and 19 year olds, well, they were an adult. Well, you're, that's still a teen mom. That's no matter what. I mean, I still at 18 years old. I was still like, oh, gosh, I wish I didn't have to have responsibility and stuff like that. So there's a lot of the older teens also that are that struggle that aren't, I mean, not to throw, like, people under the bus or anything, but there's still, you know, 22, 23, 24-year-olds that still live with their parents. And, I mean, just because you have an age put on you doesn't mean that you necessarily have that mindset of that age. Because there's a lot of people I see that are, you know, 23, 24 that I look at and I'm like, are you kidding? You guys act like you're 16 still. So, well, yeah, wait till you get to my age and you turn around and you go out with a guy who's 40 years old and he whips out his dad's credit card, you know, <laughs> to pay for dinner. And you're like, seriously, dude, you got dad's credit card? You can't even sign it because you don't have the same name, you know. And I think I like to channel my own inner immaturity. But you're right. I don't think, you know, age like that doesn't... Um, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, you guys were pregnant teens, but clearly, you know, you had drive, you had determination, you had passion, you know, you had quite a bit going on for you. You had focus, but you also had what sounds like that was germane to both of you, a support team around you. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think, you know, whether you're a mother at you know, um, I had my son at 36, and um, I'll tell you, you know, responsibility is responsibility, and fatigue is fatigue, and I don't care if you're, you know, 16 or 36. Raising babies is hard. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. It is a hard. It's a hard, hard job to do. That's why I think um, I have two younger sisters, and we're my younger sister is only four years younger than me, and still she's like, I don't know how you do it. She's like, anytime I think I want to have a child, I just come to your house. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not ready for this. And, I mean, she's, 20, she's 25 years old. And to think of being 17 and having a baby or even going being 16 and being pregnant, I mean, people, like Lori said, people looked at me like, oh, yeah, look at her. I can't believe it. She's pregnant. But, I mean, mistakes do happen. And, you know, just when you think you're on top of everything, you're not, and things come up. And I don't know how many times I people ask me after I had my daughter, oh, are you are you babysitting? No, she's mine. And then you get that, oh, like if you're like this horrible like fugitive or something, and you're like, are you kidding? And I, I did, I've done that for years. I still get looks like that at 29 years old when people are like, you have an 11-year-old? Yes, I did. I was a teen mom. Right, because they give you now. that look like they're calculating, doing the math. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm like, yeah, I have four kids, and I'm 29. They're like, really? Oh, they must be all little. No, actually, my daughter's going to be 12 next month, and they look at you like, oh. And it ta- people, have, they're so stereotypical because I get that look like, oh, you're one of them. Like, if I'm like, I have the plague or something, and I'm like, no, but look at, I have, I can, I have a lot to account for where I've been in the last, you know, 12 years. 
I can show you that I wasn't like a statistic. And that was one of my biggest things is I didn't want to be a statistic. I didn't want to be the one that dropped out of school and had to jump on welfare and had to, you know, be out there doing all kinds of things. So oh, that Tina, I, I got to cut you off again, baby. We are going to go to break. We will be back. We're going to continue this conversation because it's really interesting. Catch us back after the break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? That's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Tina Gonzalez. And we'll be right back after these. Every woman wants to know how successful women manage their lives. So join host Sharon Silver for Getting to the Heart of the Matter. Every Thursday at 1 Eastern, noon Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Have you ever wondered who the woman behind the family service or product really is? How she became an innovator? How she reaches out and connects with others? Or how do they do it all without sacrificing their family or themselves? Getting to the heart of the matter is for you. Sharon will interview guests who bring wisdom and sage advice. Sharon will interview all kinds of women, from everyday moms to extraordinary stories. Sharon gets to the heart of the matter by asking the big questions. How these women manage being a mom or a business owner or just being a woman. You'll hear how they prevent themselves from becoming workaholics either in their career or with their families and still find time to fulfill their quest for calm and personal fulfillment. For more information on Sharon, check out her website, proactiveparenting.net. Then be here for Getting to the Heart of the Matter with Sharon Silver. Every Thursday at 1 Eastern, noon Central, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now, let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Tina Gonzalez and Sandra Beck. Hey, Military Moms. Uh, This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here at Military Mom Talk Radio. I'm with my lovely co-host, Tina Gonzalez, and we have a great guest today, Ms. Flames, joining us, and she is the owner of a salon in Virginia, and she's 21 years old. uh, She had her daughter when she was 15, is that right? Yes, 15. 16, and Tina, you had your child when you were 17, and I'm going to be the grandma on the show today, but we were talking, 
<laughs> no, seriously, we're talking about, you know, the looks people give you when you're, you know, when you're 16 and pregnant. But I got to tell you, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, I had my first son at 36 and my second uh, son at, well, right around the same, you know, had, had a couple of years later. But I was in the store one day and some lady was talking to me and I said something and she looked at me and she says, oh, how old are you? And, you know, at the time I was 39 and she like, she's like, isn't it so great that you have your grandchildren with me or with you? <laughs> I was like, I went to the Lady Clara aisle looking at my eyebrows going, you know, do I have gray hairs? Do I have wrinkles? It's like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I wanted to chase her down in Walmart and just kick her to the ground to show her I could. Uh. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Poor I just Sandra. think... Oh, but you know, it's like that look, like because I get it too from the different end of the calculations where they go, oh, you know, it, you know, your kids are two and five, and then they look at you, and you know, and I'm like, you know, and I have a girlfriend who had a baby at 45, and and it was even worse because we actually met because I thought she was the grandma, so I can't, you know, I can't complain <laughs> too much, but she um, was trying to have another baby, so she stopped dyeing her hair, and her hair was gray. And so I'm like, oh, your grandson's so cute. And she's like, it's my son. And I'm like, you know, walking around trying to pull my foot out of my mouth. But I just think, you know, people judge no matter what you do. Yeah. You know, whether you're young, you know, whether you're an old mom. And um, so I can tell you guys a funny story that happened to me when I was checking in for my second son in the hospital I went to the county hospital out here to check in because I was getting induced, and I'm standing in line, and, you know, these two girls are behind me in line, and one girl looks to the other girl, and we were all, you know, in the maternity line, and, and she's like, oh. she's like, I'm so old, I'm so old, and she's like, she was 24, you know, having like her third baby, and again, it's like if it hadn't been a hospital, if I hadn't been pregnant and she was pregnant, I would have punched her. <laughs> I love it. It's all good. I must have a lot of aggression today because this is like talking about hitting people. So what's <laughs> the best work topic at hand? Um, but uh, so you guys, um, do you guys feel that teen pregnancy awareness is a topic that needs to be discussed by parents with their kids? I mean, is it something that you guys would would recommend? Would you um, like how do you, how are you going to handle it, Tina? If I may ask, what, you know, when your kids are old enough. Oh, you want? It's funny because I, I'm, uh, I'm like, gosh, how am I gonna? I mean, when my daughter first started her period at like ten, I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I already have to have that talk now. I'm like, I was twelve years old when I had my period, so I'm sitting here, you know, trying to debate this out. I'm talking to my mom. I'm like, how am I gonna do this, mom? And all I was like, Alyssa, now that you're you're a woman, and she's like, mom. Don't even have to give me that talk. I am not having any kids. I am not having kids for a long, long time. I have siblings. I don't want any kids. I don't want any kids until I'm like 45. I'm like, that's what I wanted to hear. That's perfect. <laughs> 45 is good. That is a perfect age. Yeah, so my daughter, she's far. I think she's so tired of being the, the you know, the helper because her, I mean, my other kids are, Six, three, and two. So, yeah, to her, she's like, yeah, no, not going to happen. It is not going to happen. So I don't really – now my next daughter, I don't even know. I'm scared. I just kind of – and you know what's funny about it is is that 
my husband, his mom, my mother-in-law had my husband when she was 15. So she, it was kind of like a shocker to her because she knew exactly what we were going to go through. So Mm -hmm. for her, it looked like, oh, no, it's like, you know, it's like a generation. Now my son's doing the same thing because he was, by the time our daughter was born, he was only 16. So it was even worse looking on him. So it was like, oh, my gosh, my son, my son. But I hope that our children are able to look at us to see that, yes, you know, it was hard for us. It was very, very hard for us. But we did you know, end up to be great role models for them. And I just hope that we can instill in them that there's much more stuff that's important than to have children when you're young. Because we didn't ever have that fun time. We, I mean, we were, we had Alyssa, and by the time she was two, we were getting married. So there wasn't any of that, you know, newlywed time. And it doesn't happen. You grow up way quickly. That that being young stage, it's not there anymore. It's yeah, gone. Um... Now we can't, we wait for our newlywed stage until, you know, our youngest is old enough to take care of himself and we're going to be in our 40s and that's when we're going to actually be able to act like we're 20. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but that's a good thing because I'm doing it all over again since my divorce. I'm back to my 20s. I don't care what my driver's license says. No, see, it's okay though. How about you, Lauren? What are you going to teach your daughter? Like what, from your experience, you know, what... What, um, you know, do you feel like it's a big awareness as a topic? Um, And, um, you know, what do you plan to to teach her? I do think that that teen teen pregnancy awareness should be a topic, but uh, at this moment with my own kid, oh, I don't even want to think. I don't even want to think about that part. It scares scares the living daylights out of me. I really... I just, I just think that you know, just guiding her in the right direction and and letting her know that um, it's not having kids is not all that life is about, and for her to focus on her education and just my plan is to keep her really, really busy and not yeah. give her a chance to get bored, basically. <laughs> so, I'm oh, and that's going to be the goal for me. It's so. horrible. Ever since my husband was like, okay, so now our daughter has a period. She's not allowed to hang out with boys. I don't care. I don't want them looking at her. And I'm like, it's she's 10, honey. It's going to be okay. But she can get pregnant, and this is not okay. And just recently, you know, she's about to be 12. She's in seventh grade. And he's like, she cannot hang out with boys whatsoever. And I, it's, I have to remind him that she is not us. And what happened to us doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen to her. We can't keep her locked up in the house and not let her, you know, talk to boys ever because it doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to end up pregnant like we did. So it's hard, It's especially her. Like I said, I wish he was on the phone to be able to tell you because this man is like, he will be the man with the shotgun at the door as soon. I mean, I have boys that are like, hey, can let's come out and play? And he's like, was that, was that a boy voice? No, she cannot play with him. You tell me if he keeps it up that we're going to have to get Alyssa, like, you know, the teen pregnancy awareness dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's horrible. And I'm like, you can't do that to her. You can't blame her for us starting out young. She's not going to start out young. It's going to be fine. We're going to keep her busy, sports, school. She's not going to have any time to ever even be able to think about going in that direction. That's true. It's true. I think that's one of the things, you know, I know for me, my parents had me in sports and I was too tired to do anything. You know, I come home, eat my dinner and go to bed because I'd been in the pool all afternoon. And I think for my brothers and sisters, 
you know, it was the same. Um, now, do you guys, I'm going to ask a touchy question here. Do you think that teen pregnancy awareness for you guys would have made any difference or was it, you know, you both brought up like, you know, boredom and, you know, you'll keep them busy so that they do other things. Do you really think that a lot of these awareness programs make a difference? I can feel the hate mail coming now, but go ahead. <laughs> um, I think that it would make a difference on both ends of the spectrum. I think it would make a difference for the parents because, you know, they kind of need that reminder, too, that their kids are not babies anymore um, and that, obviously, once they hit puberty or maybe a couple years after they hit puberty, that they're going to be thinking, they're going to be questioning things, and they're going to be curious, so... They're going to need to be able to talk to their kids, but I think that the ad campaigns, I don't know if you have seen the ones with Bristol Palin and stuff like that, the pause before you play, mm-hmm. but I do think that those would make would make a difference for these girls that, you know, if they play that commercial after those girls just watched the 16 and Pregnant show or, or some of those shows that they play on MTV, whether it be a, a teen pregnancy show or not, I think that that's going to kind of make the, those girls think, think about it. I mean, just bringing it to their mind, like, okay. You know, pause before you play. I need to. I need to think that there's more, more to life than than just having sex and and being with with whomever. So, and boys, you know, because I think that's a natural. I have a couple of friends' daughters who are just absolute boy crazy, and um, you know, and it's 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 got to be mediated with you know and balanced with you know some safety talks, some health awareness talks, and. And, um, you know, but I, but what I love about today's show the most, and we only have a couple more minutes to the end of the show, is how you guys took a situation, you know, that is less than ideal for a teen girl to, to, uh, grow up in. And you took it, both of you, and you made really rocking lives out of it. I mean, I'm so proud of both of you. And, um, I am, I am, because, you know, you guys, Life is hard enough. You know, as a single mom, my life is really, really hard sometimes. And, you know, running a company, raising my kids, you know, handling my family, doing everything that I have to do and I know how hard it is, I can only, I can't even imagine, honestly, what it would be like to be 15 years old and doing a lot of the stuff, especially, Lauren, running your own business and Tina running your child care business this is a lot, girls. I mean, you guys have it going on. You're amazing. I'm so I'm so thrilled that you guys were able to be on the air with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So last minute, we got a minute to thirty seconds. The end. Anybody have a quick snippet of advice? Um, well, I definitely think that we should just talk to our kids as much as possible and keep them busy. <laughs> that would be my one word of advice. Keep your teens busy. All right. And I think that those people that if it does end up happening, I think that you need to be, be, especially if it's your own kid, is to be, give them all the support that they need. I mean, be there. You're going to be a grandparent, but they need you. All right, you guys. Military Mom Talk Radio. We'll catch you next week. Thank you.